You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's talk Minnesota football with the great friend of the program, Mike Wabshaw from the Vikings Entertainment Network. Mike, thanks for taking the time. Got to start under center. You know about the reports indicating the Vikings will not be using the franchise tag on Kirk Cousins. We're not capologists, so let's talk in general terms. Do you still think there's a chance they could use the transition tag with less guaranteed money for Cousins? Hmm. Yeah. The the um, the transition tag not used as frequently, guys, um, as it once was. I guess I would leave it open as a possibility, but I still would probably bet against it. Um, you know. Uh, um, you know, and and that's that's not to say it couldn't happen. I think it could happen, but I think that the Vikings, it appears, will consider. You know, um, a long term deal for any of the three quarterbacks that or under contract until March 14th, and then maybe um, maybe another one who becomes a free agent, another one or two. Uh, and it's funny, I mean, you know, quarterback's such a coveted position. Normally, the market in terms of free agency for that position is basically nothing uh, when it comes to starting guys. You can find a good quality backup or two every now and then, like the Vikings found with Case Keenum last year. Uh, but this year's different. This year is, uh, it appears that there's going to be a pretty good market for starting quarterbacks, and that certainly makes um, free agency interesting. Well, I, I think that's more, Mike, uh, for teams that don't have quarterbacks and the teams weren't good for us giving up that type of money. But when you're talking about teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars, we saw what they did with Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. The Minnesota Vikings, I think they fall in that same category because the team is so good. If you overpay a player, quarterback, for example, and they don't get back to that same place. That's a failure of a season. And plus, you screw up the salary cap for the next couple of years, of course, if you talk about a $150 million deal, and then you don't know for sure if this is the guy for the future and the chemistry is going down the toilet. So do you go out and spend that type of money, or you just play the game like we saw Jacksonville do by saying, you know what, we'll just give a guy a two-year deal, uh, allow the first year to be guaranteed money, and let's go from there and win because we made it to the NFC Championship without, let's just say, quote-unquote, as yep. some say, a grade-A quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's certainly a debate that I'm sure a lot of teams have internally. And, and, you know, when they start out the debate, when the question is posed, I'm sure it's not a unanimous decision. I'm sure they have to, they have to battle it out in the meeting rooms and they have to bring the coordinator in and they have to bring the head coach in and, you know, they got to bring your cap guy in and you got to talk to the people who run the draft. It's, um, it's obviously about as important a decision personnel-wise as a team can make. And the first step for the Vikings this year, guys, was they had to hire a new offensive coordinator because Pat Shermer left Minnesota to be the Giants' head coach. So the first step in this whole process for the Vikings was to find John D. Filippo, hire him, and uh, and find out what his input was. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here, and nothing probably is going to happen here in Indianapolis at the Combine. But the groundwork for what will happen on March 14th starts to get laid here, and that's certainly an interesting part of the next four or five days. Talking Vikings with our pal Mike Wabshaw from the Vikings Entertainment Network. You referenced the change on the coaching staff. What is new offense coordinator John DiFilippo? I understand he's only been there for a short time, but in general, what's he been saying about his offensive philosophy and how much continuity do you expect in the transition? Yeah, you know, I think it's really interesting because the Vikings have a new offensive coordinator, but most of the offensive staff is staying the same. Kevin Stefanski is staying as quarterbacks coach. Kennedy Polamalu is staying as the running backs coach. 
you know, Tony Sperano staying as the offensive line coach. So it's interesting that you get a new coordinator, but all the position coaches basically stay the same. And so I think it's, you know, there's going to be a blend of, hey, you know, John, this is what we do well, and this is what we want to keep doing. You know, and then John saying, great, guys, let's keep doing that, but here are two or three or four new ideas that I want us to try with um, with our personnel. So I think that whole relationship and dynamic is super interesting. You know, I think I think John D. Filippo wants, um, wants a smart uh, quarterback, a guy who can make good decisions, and a guy who, you, you know, the whole playbook is open to him. And it's not a situation where a lot of times when a starter goes down and you bring your backup in, you know, like three-fourths of your playbook or a half of your playbook is available to that guy. I think, I think John wants a guy that they can plug in who can do a lot of different things and isn't pigeonholed as one type of guy. You know, the other interesting thing is assuming the Vikings re-sign one or more of their current quarterbacks or sign a free agent, it'll be interesting to see how they evaluate the draftable quarterbacks this year, and do they take one of those quarterbacks in the draft in the first three or four rounds? And so you could have a situation where you get a starter in free agency or a re-signing, but you also get a guy to, to sort of develop underneath that guy. That would be an interesting scenario. And then to sort of dovetail off of the point that, Cor- that Cordell made was, you know, if you go and break the bank, so to speak, for a guy like, um, A.J. McCarron or Kirk Cousins or one of these guys who's going to command a lot of money, um, you know, what does that do to the rest of your roster-building process? And I think if you look at the Vikings, you know, you look at some key defenders that are coming up for re-signings in the near future, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, Trey Waynes, Daniel Hunter, and, you know, you have to weigh that as well to go back to the point that Cordell was making. So really an interesting time here for the Vikings and, and a handful of other teams who a lot of people are saying are just a quarterback away from taking the next step. And that's what I was getting ready to ask you because you don't know what you're missing until it's gone. And, and I know yeah. it wasn't as productive as some may would have liked to have seen from the quarterback position in Kirk Cousins, but how much more productive can you get other than beating a team that was probably as hot as lava in that NFC Championship game in the Philadelphia Eagles? But you think Kirk Cousins will uh, – Kirk Cousins, you think uh, Case Keenum will be missed because while it was conservative, at least it was good enough to win a lot of football games and he ended up finishing 11-3 as a starter. Yep, yeah, 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 that's a good point. You know, I think the other thing with some of these other quarterbacks, guys, and we've, we've already named them all and there are some we haven't named, you know, is the situation that you are in. You know, that really helps determine what kind of success you have. And I don't mean to take anything away from Case. Believe me, I, there's no one that has more respect for what Case did than I do. I mean, I, he was competing to be a backup with Taylor Heineke in August. And he winds up being the guy who takes us to the NFC title game. So I, I'm not taking anything away from Case, but he, you know, the Vikings situation is a really good situation. It's a great defense, a defense that gave up about 17 points per game, 12 points per game in their home games. And you got a pretty good set of pass catchers, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph, and, um, and Latavius Murray turned out to be a nice free agent signing. Riley Reef was really good at left tackle. So the, the situation is good. You play in a climate-controlled environment in your home games. So you're never going to have wind or cold weather making it hard to throw the ball. I, I think Minnesota right now is a good situation for a quarterback. So now we saw how Case performed in a good situation. He performed pretty well. 
But now let's take a look at some of these other quarterbacks. Um, a healthy Teddy Bridgewater. How would he perform in that environment? Maybe a Kirk Cousins or an A.J. McCarron. Certainly better environments than they maybe have been in, um, at least consistently. So you always kind of wonder, what would you project from those guys if they were in this environment here in Minnesota? And that's an interesting part of the whole thing, too. Mike Wabshaw, Vikings Entertainment Network, is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Mike, the defense was so good in Minnesota for every game but for one was the NFC Championship yeah. game merely an aberration, or are there some areas of concern heading into next season? Um, I think it's fair and okay to say that what happened in the title game you know, should open some eyes on defense. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. I, I think you're, you'd be foolish to ignore that and draw a line through it and say, ah, that was just um, you know, one in a million thing that'll never happen again. I think you got to take a look at that and you got to pull it apart and figure out what exactly happened. And maybe even take a look at the second half of the New Orleans Saints game the week before as well. Um, just, you know, just to make sure you got all your bases covered. And, and really, you know, Mike Zimmer's going to have the ultimate resource for that this offseason. He's going to have John Filippo, the quarterback's coach from the Eagles, the team that did that to him. He's going to have him in his building. So, I think John will have some insight into that, and, and I expect Zim will get those, those mistakes corrected. I, I don't think it was a systemic problem. I think it was either a matchup or a, you know, a, uh, an isolated problem that they'll fix. I think the defense is going to come back, and they're going to add wrinkles. You know, I thought we saw a little bit less of the double A-gap uh, pressure looks for Mike Zimmer this year than we saw the year before, and the Vikings still had one of the best defenses in the NFL. So, I think you're going to see some continuity on defense, but I think you're going to see Mike, Mike Zimmer throw some wrinkles into there. Ask John D. Filippo, hey, what, you know, what do you think something that we can do better? Or you know, what made it really tough on you guys um, when you were going against us and you were game planning? And, and I think you'll see Mike Zimmer change some things up, but I think you'll see a lot of continuity on the defense, and I think they'll be just as good next year as they were this past season. You mentioned John Filippo being there. Uh, with the Eagles, do you think that he knocks on the door of the Philadelphia Eagles to try to grab a Nick Foles? Um, I I just don't think so. Mostly because I think the Eagles value Nick, you know, mo- as much or more than any other club, and so I think what it would take to get Nick, I'm guessing, is going to feel pretty prohibitive to most teams, and that that's just me guessing on how the Eagles might feel about him. I mean. I don't know that that Nick's value has ever been higher and uh, than it is right now, coming off of the the stretchy games that he just played for the Eagles, and the fact that you know Carson. I've I've watched the star player rehab from a, from an ACL. You know, I watched Adrian do it, and Adrian was able to come back and play in Week One of the following season, but he was on a pitch count that year um, in the first four or five games. Still ran for two thousand yards too. But he was on a pitch count early, and so you don't know when Carson Wentz is going to be back. And I think that adds even more value to Nick Foles. So I guess just like the transition tag question that we talked about right at the top, I, I guess I don't just I generally don't rule anything out, and I wouldn't wouldn't rule Nick Foles completely out. But that just seems like an unlikely scenario to me. Mike, great information as always. Enjoy your time in Indy compared to what you're used to in Minnesota. This is like going to Hawaii, right? <laughs> From a weather perspective. Yeah, well, I, I, I was just talking to a couple of our scouts out front of the hotel. I, I do believe this is the warmest it's ever been in Indy <laughs> in the years I've been coming here. And I didn't bring my shorts. I should have brought my swimming trunks or something, but I didn't. Mike, enjoy the balmy conditions, and we'll chat with you throughout the offseason <laughs> on the NFL on TuneIn. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. 
You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.